I don't want to be here anymore. It was a thought I had all the time after my grandmother and my precious dog, Luna, had died within months of each other. My grandmother, my Oma, was my heart, my emotional mother, and Luna was my first baby. I felt completely alone. I felt like I had nothing left to give and nobody to give to, which is how life set me up. For a lesson in receiving. I'm Kim Cutable, an author, producer, and entrepreneur. Voice Lessons is a podcast about women's lives, what, why, and how they create, and the way that they lead. Catherine, my therapist, had assigned Carolyn Miss's book, Archetypes. Miss says your archetype is a portal to the deepest part of you, your authentic self. I could see myself as the artist, creative, the spiritual seeker, and even the queen. When I saw the page for caregiver, I wanted to skip it. But I wouldn't let myself. I tried to keep my Oma in mind instead while I read, and that helped. Never turns anyone down who needs help. Chooses a caregiving occupation. Heart-centered. Yep, that was my Oma. That's probably why she had so many heart issues. Each archetype has a universal lesson. And when trying to learn it, logic isn't our best friend. Those lessons can be of great service to the world. You can talk yourself into believing that small efforts don't matter when measured against the great challenges of the world, but history is full of small actions that produced big results. One person's small act of courage can spark massive transformation. Case in point, the moment when Rosa Parks gave up her seat on the bus. Her soul was tired. My Oma had a sharp tongue when it came to criticizing other people, but she would still look past the bad qualities and get sucked into helping them again and again and again, usually at her own expense. A wise caregiver knows when to give, when not to give, and how to give just what is needed, discerning when giving too much would be the worst thing to do for someone, writes Miss. I thought about my grandmother, how she could slip so easily into martyrdom, wondering aloud if when she was old, someone would give her a piece of bread. That's because she would give and give and give until she had nothing left. Whether it was time or the money from her pension check or her energy. But if I was honest, this was something I struggled with too. I was always offering help, even when it wasn't asked for, and especially to the wrong people. The problem came to a head when I got to LA because even though there was definitely a vibe of possibility and a conversation about being spiritual, it was very much full of people on the take. Not all artists come into the world to serve with their art, and I found myself in circles of takers over and over again. Had I figured out a way in yet? Could they use me to get where they were going? 
I could feel that they didn't like the fundamental caring part of me, but it wasn't their fault, really, because neither did I, at least not consciously. Somehow, I thought it was more important to try and convince them to like me than to take actions that made sure I liked myself. Caregivers are born believers in the power of love to move mountains and heal all wounds. That's interesting. The inner shadow of giving too much is resentment, accompanied by a deep-rooted sense of being unappreciated. Caregivers who give so much to others may themselves feel neglected or uncared for, yet they find it difficult to confront negative feelings of any kind. That hit me like a ton of bricks. I was a caregiver too. Of course I was. How could I have never acknowledged that? If, as Miss said, this archetype represented the deepest part of me, I had forgotten who I was. As a single woman, I was made to feel like this quality didn't exist in me because I didn't have the traditional husband or kids when in fact... I was taking care of people all the time, especially the women who had the children. I was the one who spent the extra hours, who had the time, who made sure everyone else could be present in their own lives. And because I couldn't see it and didn't value it, neither did they. You would have done anything for Luna, right? Catherine asked when I told her what I discovered in the book. Yes. You need to take care of yourself like you took care of her. I didn't really understand what she meant. Use self-care as a means of empowerment. It's a direct line to your authentic self. Care for yourself like you cared for her and see what happens. Now... I was uncomfortable. I had been taking care of myself since I was a kid. I kept playing out the bad habits I had around my body, and it was definitely easy for me to push my feelings and what I really wanted underground. Giving to myself in the way that I took care of my baby would require me to do something I was learning I had a problem with. Receiving. And I didn't appreciate that one bit, because then I had to ask myself, Was I really worthy of being taken care of? When bad things happen, our instinct is to take care of others harder rather than take care of ourselves. Miss says that the challenge of the caregiver is to care enough about yourself to find out who you really are. So, I made a choice, a conscious one, to court receptivity at a new level. To do one thing that put me in the habit of receiving every day. As women, we are often celebrated for the delight our bodies give, for our ability to serve, please, share, and take care of others. But receiving is part of our genetic imprint. Receiving is our birthright. 
Look at the geography of your body and you will notice that from a physiological standpoint, women are designed to receive. Ironic, isn't it? Because for many of us, champion givers, raise your hand, it's not so easy. In her book, The Female Brain, neuropsychiatrist Luann Brinzendine writes about an array of structural, chemical, genetic, emotional, and functional brain differences between women and men, starting with the fact that the female brain is arranged and fueled by estrogen, and our hub of emotion and memory, the hippocampus, is larger. So is the insula the center that processes gut feelings, and the anterior cingular cortex, the worry center. That means women have a nearly psychic capacity to read faces and tone of voice and to understand emotions and state of mind. It makes sense because from an evolutionary standpoint, we had to know what care our babies needed from us to survive. We could also predict when something bigger and more aggressive like an animal or an angry caveman was going to hurt us so we could band together with other women and fend off attacks or get the heck out of there. Our neurological wiring also gives us a heightened ability to connect deeply in relationship, which is why relationship stress can have a profound effect. Not only do we worry about how others feel, but we also remember emotional events in great detail. It's why you'll often hear women say, I don't like conflict. Our brains are massively triggered by social rejection and conflict puts us at odds with our urge to stay connected, to gain approval and nurture. So we would rather diffuse it. When we take care of someone, we have to step outside of the boxes that they put us in and potentially cause conflict. In other words, whether you are awake to it or not, Women are receiving stations designed for high-level communication with the world around us. Receiving is not the problem. Receiving is automatic. <sighs> Whether it's verbal or nonverbal, visible or invisible, unconscious or conscious, we take it in. The more sensitive you are, the more you receive. So the problem is not that we don't know how to receive. It's our relationship to what we receive that is the problem. How many times have you been on the receiving end of something unexpected or unwanted? Whether it's the sting of criticism, a family crisis, the horror of the evening news, or even something as innocent as a compliment. In our multi-channel universe, where everyone and everything is broadcasting, it can be difficult to see, feel, or know what is truly a fit for your soul. Maybe you used to know. You worked hard. You did everything right, ignoring the consequences of your overgiving because you wanted to overachieve, to prove your value. You had a plan. A perfect one until something went wrong, very wrong, and now you need answers to questions you don't know how to ask because what you were doing, who you were doing, stopped working. Now you're off course, ejected into the discomfort of the unknown. And you're smart, 
Some would say, too smart for your own good. But even so, you can't figure out a way out of this mess or out of your head and it feels like you're spinning. You can strategize for days and help everyone else to win, win, win because you've learned to block your emotions, to silence your contrary opinions, to shrink, to look away, to play smaller, to control your expectations, to hide, to stop asking for what you really desire so that you can take care of others perfectly. You thought you had to do it all and give it all, but now you're just exhausted. Receiving is like breathing. Required for living. You must receive the air back into your lungs after you exhale. Otherwise, you will die. Allowing, opening, being magnetic. These gifts of receiving what used to come naturally to you are vital for your wholeness. They are intimately connected to the fulfillment of your vision and to your increased prosperity. To love and be loved, you must be able to receive because you cannot give what you do not have. Love yourself first. Isn't that what every self-help book on the planet says? Assuming that you even understood what this cliche means, what is the roadmap to getting there? I certainly didn't have any role models. And when you're in the fog, like I was, of feeling broken, the qualities of loving yourself can be so difficult to discern. Knowing something intellectually and actually achieving it are two totally different things. There are no surefire rules for the expressions of love as diverse as the people on the planet. Plenty is written about what love isn't, but receiving has allowed me to write a narrative of what loving myself truly means. Think about it. When you love something, what happens? Try this with me. Open your arms really wide, stretch. Are they open? Does your heart feel a little bit more open? Because you know what happens when your arms are open wide? You receive. You've heard the expression give and take. For the next 30 days, we're going to practice give and receive. We're going to have receiving practice as a daily practice, and we're going to master the flow of giving and receiving like breathing in and out. Receiving in the context of what we're going to be doing is going to mean pleasing, serving, and taking care of yourself. It will mean being given to, presented with, or paid something in a good way, a very good way. It will also mean having experiences, meaningful experiences. And most importantly, it will involve you being able to accept things into your thoughts in a way that makes you feel awake and alive. Now, I am not suggesting you stop giving, but I am suggesting you expand what you think is possible for yourself on the other end of the flow. So let's make a pledge. Put both hands over your heart. On the count of three, slowly breathe in and tell yourself, I am built to receive. Receiving is my birthright. 
and I am willing to transform my relationship with receiving because it is my birthright. Now release the breath and repeat three times. Did that feel easy or tough? If it was easy, let the receiving begin. If it was tough, it's going to get easier. I promise. We're going to be using the hashtag receiving practice and we're going to be on Instagram at voice lessons podcast if you want to let us know how you're doing and if you're not sure what receiving looks like if it sends you into a panic just ask the divine God the universe whatever you call the great sea of unknowing show me how to receive because remember You have all of the answers when you ask the right questions. Be visible. Speak your truth. Every other woman needs you to lead. What would it mean for you to be truly visible, to use your voice and express your gifts in the way that only you can? What would it be like if you could receive the vision for your life that was designed specifically for you? Visibility School is coming. Join us and find out how. www.visibility.school It's time. Thank you.